Welcome to Swimming Upstream, the podcast about Catholicism, technology, culture, baseball, and whatever else might come up. I'm your host, Eric Sammons. Today I'm going to do something a little bit different. Recently I was asked to give the commencement address at the graduation ceremonies for a local homeschool association. And so I talked to the uh, graduates about the importance of being countercultural. And basically the best way to be countercultural is to be Catholic, is to become a saint. So I hope you enjoy it, and here we go. Thank you. And uh, to the graduates here today, congratulations. You did it. And to the parents here, you can now breathe a sigh of relief because you did it as well. It's uh, interesting for me to be giving a graduation speech because my father was a superintendent of a public school district for many years, and so he gave many graduation speeches. And I think like all fathers, he sometimes wanted his son to maybe follow in his footsteps. However, I don't think this is exactly what he had in mind, being a very big proponent of public schools. I think giving a graduation speech at a homeschooling graduation wasn't exactly what he dreamed of, but it's close enough, I guess. As, as mentioned, we're a homeschooling family ourselves. I have seven children, all of whom we've homeschooled for about the past 15 years. Two of them are now in college, one at the University of Dallas, one at Franciscan University of Steubenville. And we found homeschooling to be incredibly rewarding and something that we enjoyed very much. But sometimes we haven't always been able to articulate, as I haven't, why it is we love homeschooling so much. When, we do, when people ask us who don't, don't homeschool, why do you homeschool, what's so great about it, sometimes I have a hard time saying why, but it is incredibly rewarding. It really is that family unity, I think, is probably one of the biggest things that we enjoy about homeschooling, having the family together for so many events and so many throughout the day, and being able to enjoy each other's company, and yes, not always enjoy each other's company some days, but it's a very rewarding experience. But it's also a lot of hard work. It's especially hard work uh, for primarily the mothers who stay at home and educate their children. And so I just want to tell the graduates, really appreciate your parents, especially your mom, for all the hard work they've done over the years to educate you and to, to really make the sacrifices necessary so that you could be homeschooled. Now, before, when I was asked to do this graduation speech, I admit I'm a little, I was a little bit nervous about it because I've given hundreds of talks before, but I've never actually given a graduation speech before. So I decided, okay, I'm gonna do a little research, see how people normally give graduation speeches, what do they normally say. And I noticed one common theme with a lot of graduation speeches is that they talk about, they tell the kids, they tell the graduates, hey, you need to be countercultural. You need to be nonconformist. Don't be like everybody tells you to be. Do what you want to do and don't be like the rest of the world. But what's ironic about it, I think, is that we've gotten to a point in our culture where nonconformity is actually conformity. Being countercultural is the culture. A great example of this is recently that, uh, that big walkout they did for gun control a few months ago at, at all, the, all the schools. And they made it, the, the media presented it like this, this, this great uprising of kids, you know, being nonconformist, being countercultural, when ultimately what it was, was a bunch of people in power basically telling people to do, telling kids to do things so they could stay in power and gain more power. 
And so it became, it, it's gotten to a point where being countercultural, the term just means being like the culture now. Being like everybody else and, and doing these things that everybody else is doing. What, is, what was countercultural is now the culture. But as Catholics, we are supremely countercultural. The history of the church is the history of proclaiming the gospel against whatever the culture is that the church encounters. So that whenever the church encounters some new culture, whenever it goes out and preaches the gospel, it is being countercultural. And people, but, but sometimes people think, when they think Catholic, they think, well, aren't you guys really like tradition bound? You guys just kind of do the same things, you've been doing the same things for 2,000 years. Isn't that just being cultural? Isn't that just doing the same thing? That's not really being countercultural. But that's not really understanding what it is we do as Catholics, what we mean by tradition. Our Lord in the Gospels often he criticized the traditions of men. He was basically criticizing the culture. The culture that had seeped into the Jewish people of the time and also in the Roman culture some. And he was criticizing them as traditions of men. Why? Because they went against the gospel. They went against what our Lord was trying to tell them, what was important in life. And so those traditions of men we do condemn. But there's a greater tradition, which is the divine tradition, Catholic tradition, tradition with a T. That is from God, and so it always is true, and it's always something we embrace. But frankly, it typically does go against the culture. When you embrace divine tradition, when you embrace Catholic tradition, what you are actually doing is you're going against what the culture is telling you to do. I mean, just look at this church, for example, how beautiful it is. You don't see these much anymore. You definitely don't see them on, you know, being promoted on television. You don't see them promoted as great places anymore, churches like this. But what this is, is it's a divine tradition. It is lifting our hearts and minds up towards God. When the culture is telling us, no, just think for yourself, just do what you want to do, and don't care about what God wants you to do. And so what we want to do as Catholics is we want to embrace that tradition and be countercultural. Now how does that play out? How can we, graduates, and also all of us, how can we be countercultural? Well, I think in a lot of ways we can look to the first Christians, the early church. Today, you know, a lot of times people refer to our culture today as a, we're in the post-Christian era. Meaning, for a long time, the Western civilization was a Christian one, now we're post-Christian. That's just a nice way of saying we're pagan again. I mean, all you have to do is turn on the television, go on Twitter, or anywhere else, and you, you can see that very clearly. You see it in the news as well. I mean, just recently, we had a situation in England where a little boy, two year, not even two years old, was essentially killed by a hospital with the, uh, with the approval of judges because people did not, the culture did not think he was worth, his life was not worth living, little Alfie Evans. Even though his parents wanted him to live, wanted to take him to Italy, and Italy, the, the, the uh, hospitals in Italy would take him, the presiding culture said, no, his life is not worthy. Because what can he do for us? Look at him, he just lies there. 
He's on a ventilator. He can't even survive on his own. So therefore, he's not worthy of life. That's what the culture is. And so if we're to be countercultural, we go against that. But honestly, that culture is very, very much like the culture of the Roman Empire when the first Christians were around. It was a common practice when a family didn't want a baby, they would just leave the baby out on outside the walls of the city to die. Because they didn't have our technology to be able to kill that baby before birth as easily. So they just left it out to die. And the Christians, what did they do? They would go out outside the walls and they would save those babies and raise them as their own. When a town would get the plague, uh, like a sickness would come upon a town, everybody was getting very sick and even dying. What did the pagan leaders of the town do? They left. They left because they didn't want to die. What did the Christians do? They went into the town and they took care of the sick and the dying. And they asked them, why are you doing this? You could get sick, you could die. And they said, because when we see you, we see Christ. When we see those who are sick, those who are dying, those who are in need, we see Jesus Christ himself. And so we have to serve you, just like our Lord commanded us to do that. And so they were being supremely countercultural. They went against what the culture was telling them was important. They were saying, no, all life has dignity, not just certain life, not just the important life, but all life. And by doing that, what did they do? Remember, Christianity started off as this tiny little group of people in the backwaters of, the, of this great Roman Empire, the most powerful empire in the world. This is just a group of a few little people. Within 300 years, they had conquered that empire without even firing a shot. They had conquered the empire through their witness of love, through their witness of going against the culture, and they transformed that culture. All the values that we, saw, that we hear today that are still sometimes, like I said, in our post-Christian culture said, you know, things like respecting others, respecting life, things of that nature, those all come from Christianity, from Judeo-Christian values. That, those didn't exist in pagan Roman times. But yet, when the Christians lived their life, when they were countercultural, over hundreds of years, they transformed that culture. And so we got the Middle Ages. Now we had a Europe that was Christian. Now we had a Europe that valued the things of God. So they transformed it by being countercultural. And graduates, this is exactly what you are called to do. You are called to be countercultural as Catholics. You are called to not live as the rest of the world is telling you you should live. But you are called to something much, much greater. Much greater. You are called to be disciples of Jesus Christ. And so we see that throughout the, his, the history of the church, we see the saints are the ones who are the most countercultural. We see somebody like St. Catherine of Siena, who's living in the Middle Ages when the culture was supposedly Catholic, but many things had gone wrong. The Pope was living in Avignon. And here's this poor girl, you know, she, she's nothing in the eyes of societies. She wasn't even a, a nun, a professed nun. And she goes and she tells the Pope and tells him, no, you need to go back to Rome. And so he did. We see somebody like St. Uh, Teresa of Avila. At the time when she was living, a lot of the church had gone, you know, had gone to rot. And that's how we got the Protestant Reformation. And that also was happening in the convents and in the monasteries. 
They were basically living for comfort. They were just having a, they were rich, they had lots of money, and they lived for comfort. People became nuns, they became monks in order to live in comfort. St. Teresa of Avila knew no. That's not what the life of a nun or a monk is supposed to be. And so she reformed the Carmelites. She was countercultural. She went against what everybody else was saying. And instead, she lived the way she knew God wanted her to live. Of course, St. Francis of Assisi, when the church was teetering on the brink in the Middle Ages because of so many different reasons, God called him and said, rebuild my church. And so he was basically, if we saw him today and he acted like he did then, we would think he was crazy. We would think he was insane. And in a sense he was. He was crazy for God. He loved God so much he was willing to do whatever God asked him. And he decided, I am going to conform my life not to those around me, but to Jesus Christ. And so he made himself an icon of Jesus Christ himself. He was countercultural. Now, what is something practically that we can do today to be countercultural? Graduates, what can you do as you go on to be countercultural? I'll tell you the number one thing you can do. You can go to Mass. The Mass is the most countercultural activity you can participate in here on Earth. Why is that? Because in the Mass, we don't have the culture of Earth, we have the culture of Heaven. In Mass, what we do is we participate in the heavenly liturgy. We are lifted out of this world into heaven with the angels and the saints in worshiping God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The Mass is the greatest activity we can ever participate in. And it is supremely countercultural because it is the culture of heaven. It is the culture of the saints. It is the culture of the angels. And so by going to Mass, we become countercultural. We become, then we join in with those saints, with those angels, and hopefully we become saints. Now, as you go out into the world, graduates and all of us out there, you know, we're, we've been told for about 50 years or so that we're supposed to question authority. And I would say, yeah, we should question human authority. Because so often anymore, human authority goes against God's authority, goes against divine authority. So it's good to question human authority. But we don't just question it just to question it. It's got the habit that if a human authority says something, we just reject it just because an authority said it. No, what we do as Catholics, we line up what the human authority is saying and then we say, does it line up with God's authority, with God's laws, with what God wants us to do? So if the human authority says, no, that life is not worth living because it needs to be on a ventilator or it hasn't been born yet or whatever the case may be so we can kill it, we would say, no, we reject that authority. We do not acknowledge that authority because that authority does not come from God. It comes from man. And so I would say question authority, but check it if it is in line with divine authority. And also, the, the best way you can become countercultural is to become a saint. Two of the most influential people in my lifetime are Pope John Paul II and Mother Teresa. You know, I converted to Catholicism about 25 years ago. And I know the example of the saints is one of the main reasons I converted. And specifically the example of two saints who were still alive at that time, Mother Teresa 
and John Paul II. Right after I became Catholic, I went out to World Youth Day in Denver, and this is 1993, with John, where John Paul II came. And I just remember the power of his presence. And it wasn't because he was Pope, it was because he was a saint. The same thing is true of Mother Teresa. I mean, Mother Teresa, if you look at her with human eyes, she was this frail little woman who looked like just somebody you might pass on the street in, you know, in downtown Cincinnati asking for money. Yet she had power in her presence because she was a saint. She refused to conform herself to those around her. She refused to conform herself to the culture and said, no, I will conform myself to Jesus Christ. And so she had a powerful impact on the world. Thousands have been impacted, millions probably have been impacted by her, as well as John Paul II. Why? Because they were saints. They decided, instead of trying to be like everybody else, I am going to be holy, I am going to be a saint, and I will do it through the power of Jesus Christ. And so I would say to all to you, if you want to change the culture, if you want to be different, be holy, become a saint. Again, congratulations to the graduates. God bless you as you continue in your journey towards heaven. Thank you. Well, I hope you enjoyed that speech, and I hope you were encouraged by it. If you like this podcast, I encourage you to rate and review it on iTunes. That really helps more people to find out about it. And until next time then, keep swimming against the stream.